Arizona Senate candidate Blake Masters tells me why it's game over if the Democrats win the midterms. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. I'll also tell you how President Biden is sending our precious energy reserves to Hunter Biden's buddies in China. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. These are not the marks of an economy in recession. Going forward, we need to focus on making these right choices so that we can make this transition. We can bring prices down without giving up all the economic gains that we've made. And what I can tell you is two things. One, the United States is in a better position than any other country in the world right now to drive that transition and make that transition effectively. Um, yes and no. I no, yes. no, yes. No. Or just no. The problem with, and that's Brian Deese, he's the, uh, one of the, good heavens, the, Economic for, well, for, for Biden, my, my, I'm, I'm trying to say like three things at once. This is, the, the, I've heard this spin so many times that, well, this is a, um, it's all over the world. And, uh, you know, the United States is uh, better, but, but, but at the same time, ever, I, where do you even start? First off, it's the it's the the common denominator of all the ESG policies. Number one, but number two, also with that, you have all of the the stupid moves that everybody made in locking down their economies. But number three, we were doing one of the reasons why the United States did so much better uh, is because of the economic policies that we undertook when Trump was president. <laughs> And he doesn't want to. He doesn't. He doesn't want to acknowledge that. Happy Monday to you. We got. Uh, who boy? We got some stuff to get into today. As we start out a new week. Welcome to the program. I am your lovable curmudgeon hostess, Dana Lash, and as always, I enjoy being with you. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter, chapter and verse. All kinds of good things coming out there. I got a couple pieces going to be coming at you this week, and we have some new polling. Now, don't think that I'm a broken record. I say this because every time I feel like I come to you with new polling, I always have to introduce it as it's a historic new low. But it's not just me. It is. It's a historic new low. More new low polling. Biden's economic approval rating has fallen to yet another new low. The new lows keep happening. They keep on coming. It's a new CNBC survey. And they say that his overall, uh, his overall approval and his economic approval, two separate, are, have, have dipped to be the lowest 
levels, dipped to the lowest levels of his presidency. They are at the lowest levels ever, which is a new low to the last time I told you about this, which was also the lowest level ever. I don't need to tell you this. You guys know. You guys know exactly why, too. You know that this is just kind of par for the course with this administration. Low polling, low this, it's just a mess. Nobody believes that it's a Putin price hike at all whatsoever. So in addition to that, new, new low economic approval. And an interesting piece that's making, that's circulating, and I've, I've seen some cable news hit this too. Democrats are scapegoating Biden for their own misjudgment. So there is a very interesting war of of two factions happening right now in the Democrat Party, because the whole thing, like, for instance, with all the the Obama stuff that you see, Obama and Biden never really got along. And this is well known. And so now I feel like like Obama has kind of given the green light for everybody to disassociate themselves because he can still raise money when he wants to go and do it. And they want to be able to to have access to that to those that those funds. So Democrats now, Biden's folks are slapping back, saying, "Well, no, it's easier to point fingers instead of acknowledging that you know you people on the left, you need to, you know, they the or or you fellow Democrats, you're 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 blaming Biden, and that's not that's not proper." But then at the same time, I feel like Pelosi and Schumer overall. I mean, they still try to focus on Trump, but in some ways they've been out of this fight, if you've noticed. Like Democrats who don't want to get near Biden, you don't really see Schumer or Pelosi kind of pop up in any of those conversations. They're trying to steer their party out of all of it. Now, I do agree with the argument that Democrats, their failures and their messes are, it's more, I mean, it is them. They chose, they chose to run with Biden. So, I mean, it's all of them. But No one can look at Biden, and this is not letting him off the hook at all. The guy is applesauce brains. Nobody can look at him and think that he's, you know, he's the guy who's coming up with all of this. He's the guy who's calling the shots. Democrats have messed up so much. And so they're going to descend into a fight before midterms even gets here. That's going to happen. Now, a couple of things. It came out that apparently the White House edited the transcript of Biden's comment in Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of a lot of fighting over that fist bump that took place on Friday when he flew out to Jeddah and started meeting with the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, over the whole Jamal Khashoggi killing in 2018. Now, Biden claimed that he brought up Khashoggi's murder in a press conference. He, In fact, he actually said the direct quote was, he basically said that he was not personally responsible for it, and I indicated that he was. Listen to this. Audio soundbite three, because he's, this is not what apparently happened. What was the Crown Prince's response to your comments about Khashoggi? He basically said that he, uh, he, he was not personally responsible for it. I, I indicated I thought he was. He said he was not personally responsible for it, and he took action against those who were responsible. And uh, and we uh, then I went on to talk more about how that uh, dealing with uh, any op- opposition to the or criticism of the Saudi administration uh, in other countries was viewed as, to me, a violation of human rights. Yeah, except that's not what the transcript revealed. In fact, whatever you believe with it, 
apparently, and the Washington Free Beacon had had this, he was asked about it. That's what he said. The transcript wrongly claims Biden said I indicated that he probably was. Uh, apparently, there's, I think, I mean, he did backtrack on the whole pariah thing. Do you honestly think that he's going to sit there? If he wouldn't even, if he backtrack on that, do you honestly think he's going to sit there in front of what's his face? And no, nobody believes this. Nobody, this dude is so ineffective. It's so ineffective. He's just, it's a mess. He's a mess. Now, a few things on this too, I saw. Uh, Erdogan says Turkey's going to freeze Finland and Sweden's NATO bids if promises aren't kept. He's supposed to be meeting with Putin and uh, the the Iranian leadership in Iran, in Tehran tomorrow. Erdogan in Turkey. So that's going to be, that's going to be kind of interesting. Now, with regards to all of this, audio sound by one, Biden was asked this, he was asked about the fist bump thing. Listen. Yes. You're coming under a lot of fire for your fist bump with the crown prince. So I, <laughs> I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. But also, how can you be sure that another incident, another murder like Jamal Khashoggi's won't happen again? God love you. What a silly question. How could I possibly be sure of any of that? Wow. He sounds a little uh, cranky in that. Yeah. So, well, because he looks like a fool. He looks weak. That's why. He looks weak. Now, I want to switch this because I this was the most amusing headline that I found over the weekend. Are you ready for this? D.C. homeless shelters are filling up with illegal entrants from Arizona and Texas. And Mayor Muriel Bowser is infuriated. She's hitting back at Texas Governor Greg Abbott for shipping illegal entrants to the nation's capital rather than their final destinations. By the way, she can't get mad at Abbott for that because you have to give consent apparently. So they are getting on the bus and saying, yeah, we want to go to D.C. Otherwise, they can't go to D.C. I mean, Dems the rules for real. So they said that the latest report showing that migrant crossings, they are still I mean, you I saw Bill Malugin's video from over the weekend where they had 370 something people cross at Eagle Pass, like in one one fell swoop, one moment. And so now D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is infuriated. She's saying that all oh, these shelters are filling up. Stop sending them. This is, hey, no. Why is it that Texas and Arizona and these border states have to deal with this influx? Hell no. This ain't what I'm paying my taxes for. You wretched woman. This is not what I'm paying my taxes for. I got a one finger salute for you. I'll help pay to send double the buses. Let's do that tired of this you know if you don't like it then maybe demand that your party do something at the border see there if if it was a democrat border state they'd be freaking out if the hamptons were at the border democrats would have already built the wall and you know it that's absolutely true so they say the shelters are filling up and i'm just it just there, there's not anything they can do about it. They're going to keep coming. And I think that's just totally the way it is. Bowser's like, no, no, no. D.C. taxpayers, I promise you. She was out there trying to assure her leftist d- taxpayers that, that the, we're not picking up the tab for the increased homeless population. No, but they think it's totally fine for taxpayers elsewhere to pick up the tab. No, 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 you welfare grifting freeloader. You're going to start picking up the tab, too. Exactly. You should. No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this, Foggy Bottom. We're not going to do this there in D.C. Ain't doing it. This is how it's happening. 
So we're just I think I'm totally fine with this because so many of these states have had you know how many millions and millions of dollars Texas has to pay per week for this stuff. And what Bowser thinks she's too good. She just wants to live on the coattails. Of everybody else. Really? I don't think so. Grifter. It's not going to happen. Here's a real real effective pay your fair share. Now there was some action in terms of uh, good guys with a gun over the weekend. A hero armed citizen stopped a tragedy in Indiana. This story, Sunday evening, at least three people were killed, two others injured. It was a shooting that took place in an Indianapolis area shopping mall. Multiple people called 911. It was around 6 p.m. local time. And witnesses say, and police have confirmed, it was a lawfully armed, which is a weird phrase, but that's another point, a lawfully armed individual, 22-year-old man from Bartholomew County, who shot and killed the murderer. They said, according to, to witnesses and police, that it was he was the real hero of the day. He was in the food court, and he stopped the shooter almost the moment that the shooter began. Police say, including the Greenwood Mayor Mark Myers, that that individual saved lives. They thanked him on behalf of the city of Greenwood, Indiana. They're still investigating exactly what happened, but the suspect, they have not yet determined a motive. And it's amazing because the astroturfed Michael Bloomberg created Moms Demand Group. And by the way, you should know that he had registered that name. All this stuff is publicly available on the Internet. He had registered that name and created the Moms Demand website before he hired the, the public relations person for Monsanto. That Shannon Watts lady who's obsessed with me. Uh, He hired her from Monsanto uh, long after he had already registered the mom's demand site and created all of that. I mean, this is I mean, there you can tell when things are registered. It's public information. And so it was a creation of Bloomberg for his gun control effort. Anyway, so the mom's demand group, which is why I bring this up, they were smearing and slamming the lawfully armed 22 year old hero, condemning him from being armed. Apparently, Mom's Demand wanted more people killed. Sickening. You know, if, if this stuff keeps going, they have an industry. If, if you stop these sorts of incidents, all these grifters that are in Mom's Demand, all the people who got hired from Monsanto's PR and everything else, they don't have, they don't have a paycheck anymore. It's sickening. We have more on this coming up. You don't want to miss it. As... And we have, wait, we also have Stevie Nese is going to be joining us. I have one last quick headline. I am, because Philippines, you know, the Belt and Road Initiative, apparently Philippines leader shredded it. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for 3-inch shells. And with its dual-tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's 6 rounds in each tube, plus 1 chambered. If you prefer 2 and 3 quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds 7 plus 7 plus 1. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. 
TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltechWeapons.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oh, I like this. Betsy DeVos is right, too. She slams the Department of Education. She says it shouldn't exist, and she's correct. She spoke at the Moms for Liberty National Summit in Tampa on Saturday and called for abolishing the agency that she once headed, which, and she, by the way, this is not a shock because she actually talked about abolishing it when she was heading it. So it's not like it's a surprise. She ran the uh, education department during the Trump administration. She's continued to advocate for school choice. And I think she's absolutely correct. Where's the lie? Where is she wrong? She's not. Oh, and this, we're going to be talking about this a little bit. The irony. NPR has announced a disinformation team. I know. They said that, and this was on Friday evening, they said some great news. We're launching a disinformation team for NPR. We support NPR with our tax dollars. So they're talking about having a disinformation team with our tax dollars. But do you remember... The response NPR had to the Hunter Biden story about the, about the laptop, uh, in case you forgot, here is their statement on it. Quote, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories, and we don't want to waste the listeners and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. In full quote from Terrence Samuels, NPR's managing editor for News. Yeah, but they want to do a disinformation team? No, take a million seats. Not going to happen. A federal judge has temporary, temporarily blocked enforcement of the alphabet protections. The ruling sided with 20 state attorneys general who sued the Biden administration over guidelines on rights for gay and transgender workers and students. It was some. It was like this alphabet civil or extended civil rights thing, which. It really isn't what it says it was. So that was actually a good decision from the judge. And Alabama wants to use $400 million in COVID funds to build new prisons. Oh, and J-Lo got married to Ben Affleck. Benifer is in full effect now. Stick with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dan to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. DanaLash.com. Doing a radio show here, folks. And you can watch the simulcast of the radio show on the first as well on YouTube and Facebook. Now, a couple of other couple things. I someone's like, why aren't you talking about the J six stuff? I get mail on that with somewhat uh, with some regularity. 
The reason that I don't talk about the J6 stuff is because I don't care about the J6 stuff. I think it's a Victorian freak show. I don't talk about it because I think it's used nothing more than a get out the vote tool for Democrats who can't sell their party on they can't sell their party on anything. They can't sell them. They can't sell their ideas. They can't sell their policies. They can't sell their great economy. They can't sell their low gas prices. They can't sell their jobs numbers or the absence of inflation or the or non-recession periods. They can't sell any of this because that's not what they have. That's not their product. I mean, it's it is what it is. So they have to do this. They do the J6 stuff. They it's constantly. I don't care about it. I don't care because it's stupid and I don't care. You had some people that had a riot. The timeline is also interesting. How is it that the, how is it that the Capitol was even breached before people started marching from the ellipse? The ellipse is how is that? I mean, I got a lot of questions. And because no one is interested in talking about those questions in any kind of position of power in the DNC, I'm not interested in covering it on my radio show. And if you do, and if the if there are a couple of people out there that dislike it, you can go and listen to one of the old dudes that get a, a one sixteenth of my ratings. The reason that we have so many people that tune in and hang out with us every day is because I don't allow Democrats to dictate my content. Have some balls. Choose your own path. So tired of it. Every week, I'm like, why aren't you talking? This is, And I know it's a drive-by because it's a freak show. That's why. I don't cover it. Why don't you talk about the uh, laptop? Why don't you talk about the fact that here you have the president of the United States who very interestingly sold a bunch of RSPR to China, and I question why they did it. Is it because they made, he made a deal? Was it be, like, what, what, kind of, what kind of money is he getting off of it? Especially when it was his own son's investment firm that is billions of dollars invested in this, this, or, the, this organization, in that, in, in that Chinese company. Oh, you guys don't want to talk about that? Well, then don't expect me to talk about your drummed up coup. These people need a dictionary, including some of these Republicans whose influence waned after Trump left office. They, so they decided to prostitute themselves to get, uh, to get contributorships and all this other stuff on news shows that nobody watches. If you don't like me to talk about it in those very accurate and factual, just truthful terms, then don't do it. So, a couple other things. Get aggravated on it. This, we have the, a couple of crime. I was t- telling you about the crime that was happening, the good guy with a gun in Indianapolis. Did you guys see, and I'm sure you saw the clips, they've been circulating on TV this morning. Black Lives Matter protesters, and this is Julio Rosas over at Town Hall, were caught on video badgering a woman who was the victim of a, a guy who was illegally armed shooting into her home where her two kids were inside. They have a six-hour standoff with police officers. And despite police attempts to de-escalate the situation, he wouldn't stop. And so he, you, FAFO, you get shot. That's what happens. If you don't want to get shot by police in this instance... Don't be shooting in this lady's home. And that's apparently exactly what happened. Arabella Yarbo, she rightfully lost it on these protesters. And, you know, because it's, I know the left only cares. She's a woman of color and her children are black. She said, she goes, you guys are celebrating his life. She said, my children have to watch you celebrate the life of a man who tried to kill them. He legit shot into her home repeatedly. While she's making dinner for her kids. 
And you have all these scenesters. Man, this stuff is becoming nothing more than scenester stuff. Arabella Yarbo lived in the apartment. She said that her, I, I, she said that this guy, there was a six-hour standoff. Andrew Sunberg. His family maintains that he was having a mental health crisis. And then his mom goes, well, if my son was white, he wouldn't have been shot. Well, if your son wasn't shooting in a woman's apartment trying to kill her kids, he wouldn't have been shot. Race has nothing to do with it, you grifter. I'm so tired of this. Loss doesn't mean that you get to lie, and loss doesn't mean that you get to impugn the character of everybody else. Loss doesn't mean that you get to rewrite law and order. It's not a free pass. It doesn't mean that you get to victimize more people. I get it that hurt people hurt people, but I'm tired of this. And I'm tired of this politically correct eggshells that we have all over this where you can't say anything about it. This woman, her kids could have been killed. I notice how all these grown-ass adults don't have anything to say about that. She was like, this is not George Floyd. This was not Breonna Taylor. True. That guy was armed and was shooting at her. What, is, what, was, what did they think was going to happen? And apparently one of the protesters told her to shut up and was screaming at her. But I will say, credit for this, the Black Lives Matter Minnesota leader, Trey Hearn Cruz said, yes, ma'am. He's like, he's, he's, and he was very respectful towards her and he apologized to her. She was being harassed. She was just trying to get back into her apartment and she was being harassed by these protesters. Because her, where she lives with her children after they were victimized by this guy is now a crime scene. And all these people showed up. And this one fat butt chick gets in her face. I'm so tired of it. Gets in there and is like all in her face. Because, what? So ridiculous. This enrages me. I would have been just as enraged as she is. Screaming at her, yelling at her, cussing her, slurring her. Now, as I said, and I think the leader for Minnesota Black Lives Matter, I think kind of got, had to help get it under control. Because there are reports all over, and you know how everybody has a phone? They were, they were being ignorant to this woman. She's the victim. A woman of color. She's the victim. And yet, people were screaming at her. And what gets me, you had, like, like, like one of the women get in her face. The one woman to get her, was a white woman. Where do these people come from? Seamsters that just show up. Oh, there's a protest. It's like PCU come to life. There's a protest. Let me go to my trunk and get my get my on the go protest stuff. I saw one video of a white dude yelling at her, telling her to shut up. Oh, because he's such an ally. The guy who was who was yelling at her, such an ally. That he didn't even know that the guy who was shooting at her and was in a six-hour standoff with police was having trouble for a long time, apparently. Don't you love how all these allies show up after someone needs help? Another woman gets in her face. Just crazy. I mean, her front door, in case anybody's got any questions, her front door was all shot up. Multiple, multiple gunshots in her door. 
has a big blast in the middle of it and bullet holes all in it. Her bathroom's all busted up. There's a bullet hole in a water bottle that she's got. One of those steel or aluminum water bottles. Bullet holes in, the, in her, her walls. Everything. So no, this woman's got receipts. She's got mirrors broken. Some, they shot into her pillow in her living room. She's in the kitchen cooking dinner for two kids. What if one of her kids was on that sofa? Did BLM up there stop to ask a question about that? No, they didn't. And they have the audacity and their, and their so-called white progressive allies have the audacity to get in this woman's face when she shows up to her apartment. Now that it's a crime scene and her and her children can't stay there. So now she's basically homeless. And as, as Kane notes, do you, think that they, do you think that people started a GoFundMe for the mother who has been made homeless because her apartment's a crime scene after this thug shot up her apartment? No. They started one on GoFundMe for the murderer. When, they find, when one finally was started for the mom, no, 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 the donations kept coming in way, way faster for the murderer. GoFundMe allows that. But they wouldn't allow a fundraiser for Jose Alba, who defended himself against a thug criminal who is a repeat offender who tried to strong arm him, whose girlfriend stabbed him in the arm repeatedly. And then when he defended himself using lethal force, he was taken to Rikers. The girlfriend was able to walk free, though. Because apparently you can stab bodega owners in the arm. Or as Jill Biden would say, bogota owners in the arm in Manhattan. Unbelievable. And they, yeah, they kept, uh, they kept that, they, he's got a fundraiser up. You know, he probably could have used help before, you know, but all those allies were too busy at the latest protest allyship you gotta be kidding me there's no allies all i see are exploiters grifters i don't see no allies where'd that money go they ever figure out where that money went patrice colors and everybody else at blm they ever figure out where all those millions went aside from those real swanky houses multi-million dollar houses nice mansions in california and the ritziest parts of california hmm don't ask questions though don't ask questions I mean, there is, it's just, it's just awful. Just awful. And people wonder. They wonder why. I just, it makes me sick that she had to get out there and scream at people. Now, a few other things. And of course, the way that media, if this woman had not gone out there to do that, the media reports still would have been that he was the victim. I noticed that media didn't change their tone until after this mother spoke. Confidence in media, this out this morning at an all-time low, 11% for TV news. Just an 11% for television news. You want to know why? Because nobody trusts him. Audio soundbite 15. Katie Turr is getting dragged for this online, though. Listen. 
There was just a Gallup poll out today that shows that the trust in, in media, newspapers and television is you know, hitting an all time low. People don't trust us. They don't believe us. And it makes me wonder if this job, as I'm currently doing it, is effective. Uh, but if it's doing more harm than good, I don't have a good answer for that. Hmm. You know, I do. I have a good answer for that. Reporters could actually be reporters again. Journalists could be journalists instead of being activists. They could do that. Look at that, Kane. We were able to think of a solution. We've recently had some huge wins for truth and the American family. So it feels like the pendulum may be swinging back to a point of sense. And the center of change has to be the family, your family. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers delivers straight to your door and guarantees you that meat is born, raised, and harvested 100% here in the U.S. of A. You're already buying meat, so why not buy it in a way that strengthens the American farm? T-bones, burgers, ribeyes, and chicken, that's just some of what they have some of the best I've had. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping. Make gatherings at the table common again with Good Ranchers and support American agriculture. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana to start bringing people to the table, creating change in America, and eating seriously delicious food. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping from GoodRanchers.com slash Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Sign up for that newsletter. Got a couple. I got a new piece coming out about the phrase "vigilante safety net." We'll talk more about that next hour. I have to be honest with you. I have. I I I've been like we've been going back and forth on where we go to church, and I haven't been going as regularly because I'm so tired of the CRT and everything. Everything is hyper politicized. I don't want, by the way, my sermons or my worship service to be hyper-politicized one way or the other. Because then I feel, I mean, if I want to go to a political rally, I'll go to a rally. That's not why I go to church. You know what I mean? Come on. But I really get aggravated when, you know, I was listening to a sermon, for example. Um, It was a guest uh, preacher who was speaking, and they were going above and beyond, talking about multicultural worship, etc. And... I really dislike when when people who are really wanting the mantle of shepherd get up in front of the congregation and talk about multicultural everything and believe that the way to achieving that is to denigrate one group while lifting up the other. I use this to also note how feminism screws up because women don't you don't empower women by denigrating men. Nor do you empower one group by denigrating another group. And it was just a weird, odd sermon. And it, I almost left. I've never, ever had that feeling to that extent like that. Because it wasn't biblically based. It seemed malicious. It seemed, you know, I and this idea that, you know, we had this big family debate about it afterward. And I get that. You know, some pastors make mistakes and all of that stuff, but you're the shepherd. And if you want that mantle, well, you know what scripture says about the responsibilities and penalties that come with it. And I just was thinking, I am so tired of this. I am so tired, especially, and I especially don't, I especially do not want to hear 
And I, I say this just to put it in context. I don't want to hear people who grew up in affluent neighborhoods in the toniest areas of California lecturing everyone else about diversity when they have no experience with it themselves. If you're trying to project what you feel are your shortcomings onto your congregation, you're falling short of the calling you say you have on your life. And I was sitting there and I actually told my husband, I don't want to go back. It's been our church since we moved here and I'm kind of done. How many of you have found that this is something you're experiencing more and more? And I have to tell you, I have also criticized people. Oh, I'm that woman in church. Yes, I know. I'm the, I'm the woman Paul warned you about. Uh, I, try to, I try to behave. I do. But I don't like it when I hear people get too political one way or the other. And I've said stuff to that extent. And my husband's even louder than I am, as it should be on this. But I tell you, how many of you have experience with this? I'm interested in hearing it. We have a second hour on the way. Stick with us. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Well, this is a very significant issue. Um, we have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting tricked. on buses. Uh, uh, we we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that Wait, FEMA provided a grant. So this is the D.C. mayor, and she says she's mad because... These, she says that illegal entrants who are crowding these D.C. homeless shelters were tricked onto the buses. Tricked. Jiminy Christmas. Welcome back to the show. Second hour. Oh, I can hear you. Somebody, somebody threw their pencil holder at their cubicle. Stop it. I heard you. Welcome back to the show. It's Monday. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable neighborhood curmudgeon. Now, were they tricked into crossing the border too? Just curious. I love the uh, white knighting here. That's my favorite. DC's Muriel Bowser. They're tricked. They were tricked into this. Into that because it's, they can't be because, I mean, we talked, who did we have on? Was it Dan Patrick or Ken Paxton that we had on who was explaining how, no, they actually have to be. This was like some, a few weeks ago. There, uh, yeah, it was Paxton who was saying that no, 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 they actually they do have to consent and they have to agree that this is where they want to go and that's where people have been wanting to. That's what they've said. How is that being tricked? They don't have their own agency, Muriel. How are they tricked? This is so dumb. Like, oh, were they? Were they? Are they promised that they're going to go to Hawaii? Like, well, I don't understand. How are you tricking people? Good heavens. There, no one's being tricked. 
And you know what? I will say, wait, 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 no. Let me take that back. They were tricked by Democrats who lured them across the border, promising a land of milk and honey. And then when you get settled and established and you become a citizen like Jose Alba and you try to defend yourself, you're thrown in Rikers. So there's the trick, Muriel. That's the trick. Y'all done trick people. I am going to take that back. I'm not going to delete my tweet. I'm going to add to it. I'm going to quote tweet myself because that is the trick. Oh, come here to the United States. By the way, we want to recreate the policies you're fleeing right here in the United States. That's us, Democrats. That's our slogan, 2024. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. I, it's, there's just no stopping with these people. None. So I, I'm just, um, until they get a handle on the border, I don't know what they think is going to happen. Now, I have, I'm going to tell you one funny thing, and then we're going to go into something serious. Have you guys heard of the hashtag Biden bike challenge? <laughs> have you heard of this, Kane? Yeah. I've seen it <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the pictures. I'm sorry. Okay, so do you... Re- I, people are going to get... I'm going to get hate mail. It's okay. So when... The president, do you remember when he was at his beach house in Delaware where he is every weekend? He was at his beach house in Delaware and he went over a ride. He went for a bike ride and he managed to fall down when he wasn't moving right in front of all these reporters and people. He wasn't hurt. And I like what Twitchy said. Biden was unhurt, but liberals feelings were. Because all these videos, all they all wanted to because Trump was had to walk slowly down a ramp in dress shoes after it rained. And I (laughs) so now the Biden bike challenge is a thing and you have to hash. You can search for the hashtag and right where he fell in Delaware. All these people on bikes are are taking photos of themselves pretending to have fallen also right there. See, I there should be a I agree with some people. There should be a historical marker there on this day and, you know, at blah, blah, blah and 20 22 president joe biden fell off his bike when it wasn't moving literally how do you fall when you're he already came to a stop and it was like he couldn't work his legs and he just fell down so it's the biden bike challenge and people are a lot of people are doing it enough to where there's a they have the hashtag and it trends and they just it's funny because they just and some people don't even have bikes they just lay down on the road (laughs) that's what's fun i think you have to have a bike but whatever some of them don't even have it the hashtag, I can't believe how many people are doing this. There's a lot. There are a lot of people doing it. Someone photoshopped Nancy Pelosi taking a knee along with Colin Kaepernick and AOC crying at the crosswalk where they put Joe Fell here. And then I also see all of these people like posting BMX fails with the Biden bike challenge. It's actually kind of funny. So there you go. So there's your something fun. I mean, I should, if you're in that area, you know, maybe do the bike, get involved in the Biden bike challenge. I'm just saying, I don't, don't, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for Biden. He is, he's so ambitious to the point where ambition is used to, I think, excuse how he's treated people and how he's behaved. Like, for instance, all the uh, oil that was sold 
of our strategic oil reserves to China? It was actually a lot more than what you were told. Did you know that? Daily Caller has the story as to how the Biden administration nearly, they sold about 6 million barrels of oil from SPR since July 2021 to a Chinese state-run energy firm in which Hunter Biden has a $1.7 billion investment. Biden's energy department auctioned off 6 million barrels to Unipec, and that's the trading division of the Beijing communist-owned Sinopec. Now, they sold the SPR to the highest bidder, and they sold, what is it? They said Department of Energy sold 4 million in the fall of 2021, six months before Russia invaded Ukraine. That was, uh, what, uh, over $250 million. They made $250 million from the sale. And it was apparently more than you were, we were all told. And have you noticed that even though it came out that Hunter Biden's investment firm was really uh, very much involved with Unipec, which is owned by the communist Sinopec, because it's Beijing's company, the government-owned Sinopec in China. It's not a private entity. Unipec is a trading division. No one has asked any questions as to how much money that they have made from this. Don't you think that, especially when we have the story about Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, I'm going to put these two things together. His, uh, her drunk husband was blasted for buying $5 million of shares in a semiconductor firm days before the congressional vote. That would hand $52 billion to chip manufacturers. On June 17th of this year, Paul Pelosi purchased 20,000 shares. NVIDIA. N-V-I-D-I-A. That's there. Heather should know. And it's uh, one of the world's largest semiconductor companies. And it's estimated, I think it's like anywhere between a million to five million dollars they're based in california and well incorporated in delaware based in santa clara now how people are saying well he didn't the defense is that he didn't break the law wait how did you're telling me that he didn't know what the senate was going to be voting on i don't believe you some are asking how did he have additional information as to how the senate vote was going to go It is, the timing is very interesting. Nancy Pelosi has made a lot of money in Congress. This is insider trading. This is insider stuff. And there are, they are, they've gotten very rich since she has been in D.C. And she's been in D.C. for forever. She is one of the wealthiest members of Congress. They think that she is worth, uh, what, $46 million? Well, over 46 million, yes. And they think that, and well, and he has a fortune of around 135 million. But on her own, she has made over 46 million since she's been in Congress. Now, how does that happen? How do you make in Congress when you get, you know, a couple hundred thousand a year, if that, actually you don't, you get like 100, so I can't remember what it is. 200 was the president. When you, and you don't have really an outside job, how are you... How are you you making that much money? Hmm. Interesting. I mean, do you honestly think that Paul Pelosi wouldn't 
do that? Wouldn't act on knowledge? I mean, you, you think? I mean, he's been, he was arrested in May for drunk driving. And he crashed into a 48-year-old, uh, Jesus Lopez, and hit into his Jeep. When he was a teenager, he had accidentally killed his older brother. I don't, I, that's, I know that's a horrific thing, but I think bringing all of this up and reporting this stuff and his behavior and what he's done over all this period of time shows, I think, a consistent uh, pattern of bad judgment. So I think that's why it's not beyond the realm of disbelief that he would act on insider knowledge. But not a lot of interest in this from the press nor any interest at all whatsoever into how much money the Bidens made off of selling our SPR to China. There's a lot of conspiracy theories around that, too. I'm going to bring some of that up to Stephen Yates when we talk to him later on in the program. Now, a few other things here. The, this, is, this is sad. I saw this headline about the economy. Pizza night is apparently canceled. Families across the United States are revealing how inflation is forcing them to cut back on everything. Summer camps, softball tournaments, uh, you know, just regular takeout. And it doesn't look like we have no idea when it's going to end. And apparently pizza night is one of the big things. They talk about uh, they're looking at families in Maryland and New Jersey. And I th- it looks like it, the people who have been, it's interesting, the people who have been uh, surveyed the most come from Democrat states. But They were saying that that's one of the things that uh, they're seeing a reduction in. People are cutting down on that. Well, that's what happens when you have inflation. Your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. Not at all. So coming up, solar panels are apparently destroying California's landfills. And we've got wokery. I knew it was only a matter of time before the woke scolds came for ballet. We've got that. How a male was nominated for NCAA's Woman of the Year Award. And Gwen Stefani's accused of, of cultural appropriation. Because people are too stupid to understand the difference between appropriation and appreciation. There is a difference. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to accompany fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. <laughs> so they say gas prices could be spiking again by Election Day. That suggests that they've like gone down at all. So you're saying that there could be an increase? Because that's how I'm hearing it. There's, there's going to be an increase? Okay. There. Yeah. A federal judge has blocked 
the well actually i said this to you they blocked the uh alphabet the pro the transgender that those policies we're going to talk about what that means a little bit more in depth here shortly this was really sad nascar star stabbed to death and the killer had to be neutralized by a swat team bobby east 37 nascar driver he was stabbed to death in california by a homeless man after a verbal altercation at a gas station and it was he was stabbed in the chest he was getting gas in his car and the suspect trent Millsap, was shot to death by a swat team as they attempted to apprehend him they found east lying on the ground with a with a, a fatal stab wound to the chest they applied life-saving measures until paramedics arrived but he uh, did not pull through that's just uh, that's horrific and oh my goodness just so sad uh, also, these, a second police officer in Chicago took their own life. Julio Rosas has this, has this story about how the pressure of the job, it started well, now you can measure it. Chicago police officer took his own life early Friday morning, the second officer in the same department to do so that in, in one month. The name has not been released but oh my goodness, that's, I mean, just our prayers are with their families. That's, it's just the stressful job that no one wants to do, and it's understandable as to why. Top Gun, Maverick, has now become Paramount's highest grossing movie ever worldwide. It has reached $1.2 billion globally, $600 million domestic. And they didn't need China to do it. Oh, look at that. See, Hollywood, you didn't need China. You didn't need to kowtow to China censors, just an FYI. I think that maybe, maybe that will, you know, be a greater, inspire them to make more movies like this. So that's, uh, and that's Tom Cruise's biggest, biggest box office hit to date now. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, Let's see, a new reveal, New York City. Apparently, the monkeypox... What I, it's the virus, the monkeypox virus is kind of going a little crazy in New York City. The 95% of patients are men. Zero women have been infected. Wait a minute, what does this mean? If 95% are men and zero women have been infected, why isn't 100% men? What the hell is with your math, people? Is it the, unless are we talking about there's still men, but they're pretending to be, like, what is that? What is that? Stick with us because now ballet is racist. I know. Everything's, everything's, woke turns everything to crap. Arizona Senate candidate Blake Masters joins me to discuss why he believes it's game over for the U.S. if the Democrats win the midterms. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. I'll also ask Masters about President Trump and Elon Musk and tell you how President Biden is sending our precious energy reserves to Hunter Biden's buddies in China. Join me. Follow The Sarah Carter Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. And let our life belts slip away. How many of us would have been broken by a system designed to do exactly that. And let's be honest, how many of us are in danger of losing those life belts right now? How many of us feel battered, helpless, in the face of the seemingly endless stream of disasters and devastation? 
I understand. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy wait, wait, and freedom. Wait, 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 hold up. Hold up. Welcome back to the program. That is the uh, balding ginger spare from Britain. First off, you guys, can I just sidebar real quick? If I'm going at someone else, if you send me mail because I criticize someone else and you don't like the criticism I use, I will make fun of you on air. Tired of it. I only actually was one email and I'm just like, get no, don't listen to my show. I'm talking about this guy. This we fought a war to not give a rat's backside about what anyone associated with the monarchy thinks. If you looked up what white privilege was in the dictionary, it has this guy's picture there. This guy. It has this guy's picture there. The, the, the absolute irony of an entitled dude who dressed up as a Nazi lecturing on, on race, that's just, that's chef's kiss level irony. He and his game show wife have done absolutely nothing but create names for do-nothing initiatives, sue the press for ne- negative coverage, and exploit tragedies. Do you know what his wife did? The chick who was the suitcase girl? Everyone acts like, I, w- I remember when all that, no one knew who the hell this woman was until she snagged him. She got a private jet, took a bunch of photographers and a camera crew and recorded herself laying flowers at Uvalde. No joke. That's disgusting. Does he, 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 this is the guy who said that our first amendment was quote bonkers. He's speaking at the United Nations which I think the UN is a joke and we need to auction off that prime real estate that they occupy in Manhattan. The guy who dressed up as a Nazi is speaking about Nelson Mandela. I mean, of course, this is the same organization that has China and Russia sitting on the Human Rights Council. So what do you expect? Golly. Yeah, we fought a war to not care about this stuff. He needs to go right back to his Olive Garden mansion in Montecito that they got from like some Russian oligarch, didn't they? I, nobody knows what they do. What does he do now that he can't? Nobody knows what he does. He is an insufferable brat. And I think I don't really pay attention to the monarchy except when they kind of get involved in our stuff. But how ridiculous is it? They sit here and they, they bitch and moan about we don't we wanted to leave the royal family. They will not let go of those titles for anything. They are clutching those titles because without them, they're nobodies. They are just nobodies living off daddy's money. That's all they are. She didn't even make enough money off her Canadian television show. And then trying to lecture about what ha- he does. He doesn't even know what I bet he couldn't even tell us he couldn't even define bill of rights there's no way he could even define the bill of rights to have someone who who calls himself a duke lecture americans about what we do first off abortion is not a constitutional right you insufferable moron it is not a constitutional right 
We don't go over there and tell you how to dress up in your Third Reich uniform. You don't come over here to the United States and tell us how we go about dealing with our, the laws in our republic. Grief. Grifters. I really don't know what they... They, were, they supposedly did a thing with Spotify, and I think that never happened. And then he's... She can't do anything unless he's attached because she has no significance if he's not with her. So I don't know. But it's just annoying. These, they are the most annoying people I've ever seen. Why go back? Please, Britain, take them back. Let's go over there. They're just so cringe. Ugh. So a few other things. Have you noticed, and you're going to hear this phrase even more, Vigilante safety net. Have you heard this phrase before? You will if you have not yet, because it's the phrase that all the gun groups are the anti-gun groups, the anti-self-defense groups are using. So the Brady group, their president, they're going after the whole good guy with a gun phrase. And they said, we need, they go, let the, this Chris Brown, president of Brady, the Brady group says, let me be clear. If more guns made a safer America would be the safest country in the world. We need sensible gun laws, not vigilante safety nets. And she's exploiting the Greenwood Mall where a good guy with a gun stopped a tragedy. First off, um, you ignore the variable of evil. Absence of evil is what would make the United States totally safe. But we don't have that. And in fact, if you look at our defensive gun usage, yes, yes, it does make us safe. Vigilante safety nets, this is how they try to criminalize and attack people who defend themselves. Whether it is the McCluskeys in St. Louis or Rittenhouse or whether it was Jose Alba or anything. Now they're, they're calling this hero, this 22-year-old hero, a vigilante. And interesting, this was the exact same phrase that the Bloomberg astroturfed mom's demand was using. They used the phrase vigilante safety group. It's interesting. They're all using this stuff. Verbatim. So the talking points have gone out. They, so they have, they have gone out. But that's self-defense. But apparently that's not, a, that's not allowed. That's not accepted. It's not welcomed. There was also, I was sent, um, let me bring this up. Another good guy with a gun, this time in my home state of Missouri. In St. Charles, just a couple of days ago. It was at a quick trip. St. Charles police said a 26-year-old man from St. Louis City, he was on a violent crime spree. He was illegally armed. 3 a.m. on Saturday morning, he held a knife. He also had a knife. He held a knife to the 43-year-old female clerk's throat. And he dragged her by her head to the back of the store asking where the safe was. And a witness saw. There, this was, and it was at a quick trip at First Capital. He, investig- he, he burglarized one, one place, went to another, and when, they, when the call came in, because someone called it, there was also reports simultaneously also that came in of shots fired. 
So when they arrived, they found that a citizen was witnessing, saw what was going on, and took out the armed robber. He said he went, he stopped at a quick trip, used the restroom, and made a purchase. And that's when he saw everything happen. He saw that he, this, the witness said he saw the suspect holding a knife to the clerk's throat. He retrieved his 9mm, confronted the suspect, and the suspect tried to attack the witness, and the witness fired several times and dropped the suspect to the floor. Neither the witness and, thankfully, the clerk were not harmed. They both called 911. That's not a vigilante. That is someone defending themselves. I think the vigilantes are the people who are trying to stop good people from defending themselves. That's the vigilanteism. The vigilanteism is the entitlement of the gun, the anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment advocates who themselves have armed security, lecturing everyone else that their lives aren't valuable enough to defend. Yeah, I mean, these not all heroes wear capes for sure. This guy saved her life because this guy would not let go of her. The suspect had not let go. He was, he was mad. He had already violently, apparently assaulted and violently robbed one place and then was going to this place. And because she didn't have anything to give him to make him leave, he was getting more and more agitated. This guy saw it was happening and just, um, just, yeah. And, and Kane, you made a really good point. How are you a vigilante if you are responding to something that comes to you? Thank you. You're not going out and seeking this. You are merely responding to something right there by you. That's not vigilanteism. Shame on these people who hide behind their hired security while demanding that all of you become statistics. just insane but there is this huge effort to try to redefine simply defending oneself as vigilanteism all right so ballet is racist now i knew this was coming i was just waiting i'm also waiting to see if the, when they're going to go after like the like the french language and spanish language you know because of the gendered language so to speak the story's kind of nuts. So this whole issue, I knew it was, this is, comes by way of the telegraph. So this isn't a British, it's starting in Britain. Ballet has been dropped from auditions at a leading dance school as staff say it's rooted in white European ideas. The Northern School of Contemporary Dance, which aims to be a progressive institution, has reviewed the elitist art form as part of a diversity drive that's seen the introduction of new policies relating to gender and race. Ballet has been ditched as the requirement for school entry auditions because of its contentious nature, with teaching staff explaining that the traditional mode of dance comes with the baggage of, quote, white European ideas. They say that the centuries-old art form was seen as being a barrier to inclusion because of the exclusionary financial burden of taking classes and the idealization of certain body shapes, etc., etc., etc. Now, I uh, studied classically. I, I, I'm a class. I did classically classical ballet. I'm, I was trained in classical ballet for 17 years. You guys know who the prima, the main, the prime 
ballerina is at American Ballet Theater. She's got all these amazing contracts now. She's quite good. Her name's Misty Copeland. Uh, And that's just at American Ballet Theater. She's black. I'm just curious as to, you know, what what about uh, Maria Tallchief? Has anyone ever heard of her? Back in 19, the 1920s, actually not, not really 1920s, probably in the early 1900s, she was the first Native American to, she was the first uh, person of color who was a prima ballerina. She revolutionized ballet. And I just feel like the people who make these arguments ignore First off, why would you just drop it instead of trying to diversify it? That's the one big question that I have. If you think ballet is racist, which it's not. I mean, again, I studied ballet for 17 years. And I studied uh, in, many, in many cities. And it is absolutely not, especially, I mean, from my, my experience in whether it's in Chicago or St. Louis or where else, um, no, there are a lot of ballerinas of color and it is, it's just a white progressive socialist response to insist otherwise. Made from, it, it's, it's really, I think, a, a showcase of ignorance. But the bigger question is if you think that it is quote unquote too white, why would you then further exclude people of color from it by refusing to introduce it to them and encourage them to get involved. I mean, this British school just dropped it entirely from their curriculum. Why would you do that? You're actually doing more to exclude people of color than had you just encouraged people of color, since you think it's all white, to get involved. How does that serve anybody? These people are so dumb. We got uh, Florida men on the way. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. First off, Kane, before I do anything else, I need you guys to look at this picture of this woman. Is that a woman? See? Dude, right? Uh, Right? Okay, so WFLA, St. Petersburg, Florida. A woman was arrested over the weekend after she is said to have thrown a can of beans at an older man and an egg, say police. Her name is Lynn Bidianatis, 54. She got into an argument with a man on the sidewalk, and it escalated when she threw a can of beans at him. Then she threw another half-full can of beans, covering him in baked bean liquid. That's actually nasty. How do you, do you just walk around with a half-eaten can of baked beans? Like what? Yeah, she is, she looks messed up, man. Police say witness thought, saw all of it. She was charged with battering a person 65 years of age or older. Man, though? Woman? Really? Just wondering. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Why you're all so surprised the way I react. No one's ever wondered what I mean what I say. The question is I sometimes say all that I mean. These are not the marks of an... Mm. What, what did he say? That says what I mean, things I said? Yeah. 
Woo! That was our president, by the way. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. I have a, it's a weird news day because it's kind of like a slow news day, but at the same time, there's a bunch of weird stuff that I wanted that like I just saw this right now. I just this um effort from the Navy, which will work I'll I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna write a whole other piece about this. I'm actually reading it right now. Pilot program on research development of plant based protein for the Navy. No thanks. Next. They want everybody eating bugs. Isn't this what the commies did in uh, Beijing? Yeah. They had like plant based this stuff. They want you to live in tiny houses and eat bugs. It's what they want you to do. Apparently. Just no thanks. This and just like I said, a bunch of just weird stuff. Like uh, we we have, like for instance, this is not going to be a surprise to you if you've been paying attention. The Afghan economy has crumbled. Who saw that coming? Who knew? Since Taliban took it over. Yeah. That's a, Biden did that. And then there was the awkward gaffe, speaking of Biden, that he made when he was talking about the selfishness of American troops. I, did, I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was pretty insane. He made remarks, and the Washington Examiner said it was just a fraught with peril, his, his, his whole trip. He had said, quote, for the, he's like, for the first time since 9-11, 9-11, or first time since 9-11, American president visiting this region without troops being engaged in combat. Combat, he said, uh, in the region will always honor the bravery and self selfishness oh selflessness of the uh sacrifices of the americans oh my gosh this was like uh, yeah play that because this was what was it wait 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 what was it that we he he was in israel when he was and he messed up a word involving the holocaust yeah he said instead of the horror of the holocaust he called it the honor oh my gosh that's right oh man play this one oh this is so bad will always honor the bravery and selfishness, selflessness of the, and sacrifices of the Americans. Jeez, you guys, really? Oh, my gosh. He's breathing it. Yeah. He's breathing it. Uh, Whoa. It's on a teleprompter. How do you get it wrong? Have you seen what Jill Biden, his wife, has said about him? She's lamenting all of this, the crises that he's had to deal with. She told CNN, well, she told, sorry, this is per CNN. She told a crowd at a private Democratic National Committee fundraiser, quote, he, the president, had so many hopes and plans for things he wanted to do. But every time he turned around, he had to address the problems of the moment. He's just had so many things thrown his way. Um... That was the job. That's your job. Your job as president. You deal with this stuff. I, I, I don't know how this is a shock to them. They wanted this job. They got this job. She blamed the Republicans for not getting, for her husband not being able to pass what he wanted. Except it wasn't really Republicans. It was Joe Manchin of West Virginia. They wanted to use budget reconciliation to pass his major disastrous economic bill, what the, the Build Back Better, 
uh, they wanted to pass that with just a simple majority. And Manchin said, no, that's not he's not a Democrat. Last I checked or a lot of Republican last I checked. He's a Democrat. But she's upset because they've had so he's had so many things came thrown his way. It's really cruel. You know, every time you turn around, there's something he's something else he's got to deal with. What did they think it was going to be? What do they what do you think that the job of the president is? They want the title, but they don't want the work. That's really kind of what it comes down to. He's had so many things just thrown his way. It's so mean. He's he's his hopes and he's I mean, he had so many hopes. Did he? Did he, though? She's, um, she went to the fundraiser. Notice he didn't. Has he been to a fundraiser? I mean, I, I haven't seen where he has. He is supposed to headline a fundraiser at some point coming up in, uh, I think, in, in California. He did one he did one fundraiser in Los Angeles, but it was at somebody's home. They've he's only done one fundraiser since he's been in office, according to Deadline Hollywood. He did this at the home of Hames Sabin and his, uh, and his wife. Well, okay, so partly now, it's not all his fault because he can't hardly string a sentence together. It's also because he is so unpopular, nobody wants him. So it's not entirely just because he can't speak. It's also because nobody wants him there. You got you to consider that, too. You know, that also you got to take that in consideration, too. Yeah, it was Jamie Harrison and Adam Schiff. The DNC chairman and the representative from California, respectively, who introduced him. And he apparently said this. He talked about the the recent uh, tragedies in Uvalde and Buffalo. And he said, quote, it's not easy to pick up a rifle or a gun and blow somebody's brains out. Okay. Wow. The president, everybody. But he's only done one fundraiser. Isn't that interesting? You're getting ready to go into midterm. Now, let me pull this up out of my bookmarks. So when Barack Obama was in office, and I'm, I'm not, I'm just using him as the most recent example, because this is like uh, par for the course. He had... A million, oh my gosh, uh, 45 political fundraisers. The person who had the most fundraisers before him was Bush. It was W. And Obama beat him going into midterms. In a one two-week period, he had seven fundraisers and raised uh, millions of dollars. Of course, the DNC was super in debt at the time. That, but I think that's irrelevant. He just, he did it. He did a ton of fundraisers. 
Bill Clinton. Now, before it was W, it was Bill Clinton. Now, I honestly think that Bill Clinton's probably, if you forget about who, if you if you remove the variable of in office at the time, I think by and large, I think probably Bill Clinton may have done the most, not just in but out of office. But in office, I mean, he'd had forty five just in the midterm period. And they were still measuring it. This is an old piece from USA Today. This is back in uh, March of 2014. Uh, He did a million, million different fundraisers. And that was just from, like, in in a couple months, 45. That's crazy. That is an insane amount. Biden's done one since he's been in office. Now, what I, and, and I want you to consider this, too. This is where it gets really interesting. So... When Barack Obama going, this was after, this was his second term. So, And this typically happens. Biden is in a way worse position. It typically happens. It wasn't really like this with W, which is why W was, had the record for fundraising. Uh, but, and really with Clinton too. But Obama was really, really unpopular going into the midterms of his final year and his final term in office. And yet he was still, which is what this was measuring, doing that many fundraisers. There were people who did not want Obama coming, and Claire McCaskill was one of them. And I wrote about it at the time. And I asked her a question at a press event, and she yelled at me. I asked her a question about it. She, because I didn't like her, accused me of being like a paid consultant. I've never, ever, have ever worked as a paid consultant for a politician ever she but she accused everybody who did not support her being a paid consultant for somebody or other and that was when i was just what i think came just in st louis or maybe indianapolis too on air but she did not want obama coming in to do her campaign this is when she was she was running for senate again she did not want obama there and there were a couple of other reps who did not want obama there from pretty like blue districts he was just unpopular for a number a number of reasons but he would still do like dnc fundraisers if he didn't go out and fundraise for a politician he would go out and whether it was the dnc or or a pack he would do that biden doesn't do any of that one since he has been in office he has done one fundraiser i i you, I, I don't know, man, if that to me is more of a signal about his both health and unpopularity than anything else you could bring up, even more so than his gaffes, don't you think? How unusual, Kane? I don't remember anybody not, especially when you see how the trouble the Democrats are in, in the House. It would be so easy for him to pop into some of these House districts, but he won't. He only goes to Delaware. What was the one just recently? Was that Ohio where uh, there were scheduling conflicts mm-hmm. from all the Democrats locally in the state where they couldn't show up? Yep. Uh, because, you know, nobody wants Biden, you know, to represent them. They want they want to separate themselves mm-hmm. from Biden is exactly what's happening. And Kamala Harris, too. She's only done a couple of fundraisers in L.A. She did one, I think, in upstate New- or one in New York, I think, maybe. And that, that's been it. She's only done like a little handful of them. She has done more than he's done. I just find that so bizarre 
because he's supposed to be, you know, the he's the party leader. And that, to me, tells you so much. Now, what's going to happen is after all of this, at some point, I guarantee you, somebody's going to say, well, Biden didn't go and fundraise with these candidates, and that's why they lost. That, after midterms, if he insists on flirting with the idea of running again, they're going to start, they're going to use this to beat him, to beat with it. Democrats are going to use this to, to, to go at him. Oh, my gosh. We, it's just kind of unbelievable. We have, coming up, my friend Stephen Yates is going to be joining us. And there was a really interesting headline I found because China was trying to implement its Belt and Road Initiative in the Philippines. And their leader just basically said to go pound sand. So we're going to talk about that. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. You guys know how I'm such a huge fan of, I think, what is one of the finest cinematic masterpieces that has ever been burned to celluloid. And that is, of course, the Godfather series. Now, you can apparently, on Airbnb, you can rent the Corleone, the Corleone Godfather estate. Vito Corleone's mansion! Is up for rent on Airbnb, Staten Island home, and it served as the stately English tutor home of Vito Corleone. Uh, and it's, wow. I mean, it's uh, 6,248 square foot, and you have a saltwater pool, blah, blah, blah. $50 and, well, no, wait a minute, Kane. It says from August 1st to 31st, it's $50 a night. Yeah, so just that month only. I don't know what it is regularly after that, but right then it's, it's, I don't. Does somebody live there now? I don't even know. It's weird. I don't, it, it's a. It's in this affluent neighborhood, and I don't know how to say that name. Anyway, so there you go. If, you, if that's something that, if you're an obsessive freak like me, and you think that movie's awesome, that might be right up. That that might be your jam. Uh, also, let's see here. We're we talking about how confidence in media was at an all-time low. I got a couple of other headlines we're going to get into uh, on that. Uh, additionally, the. We've talked about this issue, too. A trans woman, a man who uh, appropriated the female sex, impregnated two inmates. He was finally removed from the New Jersey women's prison. So it's a guy who was literally incarcerated with women in New Jersey. And they placed this dude in here because he said he was he identified as a woman and it didn't work out so well. So two chicks got pregnant and no, we could have all told you that was going to happen. And let's see, Kamala's word salad chef, Kamala's word salad chef speechwriter quits. Uh, I am just as shocked as you are in not knowing that she had a speechwriter. Stephen Yates joins us next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. DanaLash.com. You can go and sign up for the newsletter as well. I was telling you about this headline that I'm very excited about. Before we get into it, uh, I just immediately now, let's bring in our friend Stephen Yates. At Yates comes on Twitter, Senior Fellow at American First Policy Institute, and he is the chair of the China Policy Initiative. Stephen, good to see you. I'm going to go right into it because I'm very excited about this. Philippines' (laughs) new leader, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., tears up five billion dollar railways deal with china belt and road after beijing failed to put up the money 
Manila is reported to have ended this transport deal after Beijing failed to act on funding requests. That's a direct quote, apparently, from their media on this. They said the new president is going to seek cash from other nations. Three major railway projects are now almost $5 billion short. Investors are needed. But Beijing insists, no, 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 the China-Philippines cooperation over railways will continue. Doesn't seem like it. Tell us about this. Well, it's just friendly, neighborly relations. And you just need to understand that the Chinese mean well. They're just, you know, they're out there to help you out, uh, either to trap you in debt and destroy your country like Sri Lanka, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. or to promise some big things like railways. No one uses railways, especially in crowded cities and getting around rural countryside areas. So this is just a perfect example of learning what a real reliable partner is. And it turns out that Beijing isn't one of those. Yeah, you would. It just amazes me that they would let. Why did they let this drop? Yeah, well, it's it is crazy because uh, I mean, China is having a harder time economically than is widely advertised, but they're not this cash strapped. Uh, And so clearly it's just a matter of allocating priorities. And right now they'd rather spend their money on threatening war against Taiwan and claiming wide swaths of the South China Sea and other kinds of fun things, even including helping the Russians militarily with their invasion of Ukraine. You know, these things cost money. So the Philippines is just going to have to wait. Yeah, I, and we're talking with Stephen Yates, because it doesn't, I mean, it seems like China still thinks the relationship is ongoing, but how certain is it that they are done, that under Philippines' new leader, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., that they are finished with this and not going back? Well, it's a, it's a very heartening line of a reasoning by the new leader. Unfortunately, for some of us who've lived with decades of interaction with the Philippines, it's a little bit of a now you see it, now you don't Ooh. kind of relationship, whether you're an ally or not an ally. Uh, some things can work fantastic until they don't. Uh, and so there's there's two sides to this, but the very obvious part that I think is the dominant variable is that Beijing isn't a reliable partner. And if and it's a it's a nice wake up call for others in Southeast Asia to say, you know, Beijing will promise things, but when push comes to shove, they'll gladly throw you under the bus, sell you out, pick your bad analogy, and that's all going to fall to you. And if you happen to be an elected leader, guess what? Your people are going to hold you accountable. Yeah, no, exactly. That's a that's a very good point. The investments, I mean, who are some of the other people who could step up to, to fill this this financial hole? Our country? Well, there are many. Uh, Japan is the largest investor in humanitarian and infrastructure and other kinds of development projects across Asia. Uh, it often has taken an understated approach to that, usually because it's the politics of World War II that people try to hold over them. Uh, but... Uh, but Japan is the largest investor in Indonesia, uh, and presumably it has no small investments in the Philippines. I'm sure the United States has some investments there. The U.S. is kind of tapped out these days on aid projects and filling other people's buckets. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't recommend any ally looking to the United States first for these kinds of things. But India, Japan, Australia, others in Southeast Asia, all options, the Koreans too. Uh, But people are just learning the hard way. Some of us have said all along, but they're learning the hard way that we were right all along. Don't rely on the Chinese approach. Everyone else 
that's not in that web work together because that's ultimately going to be more sustainable, even if it might be more expensive up front. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, and you mentioned too Sri Lanka, the Wall Street Journal headline uh, from them just a couple of days ago, the debt crisis tests, this is interesting, China's role as financier to poor countries. Developing world faces a credit crunch, but the biggest lender of all has been slow to cooperate with Western style rescues, which I think is an ungenerous term. Uh, but this... Um, essentially what from what i understand they they were telling china was telling sri lanka you know go ahead and skip the imf skip their 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 uh, medicine for now and just you know keep adding to your debt you can just deal with it all later i mean apparently that's according to sri lankan officials that's what they've been told by china well if you've been in china and the <laughs> world's literati has just showered you in unearned money for decades how can you blame them for thinking that this is just the way the world works? We make up our own statistics. We do or don't complete projects, some of which collapse. But the world will keep showering money on us. And why can't other people just develop this way? Uh, and so, you, you know, we can't completely blame the Chinese for having been on international globalist welfare for three decades that they don't quite understand markets or responsibility. And shame on anyone who thought that they were going to uphold any kind of principles of reform and accountability. They don't practice it themselves. How in the world do we expect that their involvement is going to do anything like what the IMF programs say they aim to do? Exactly. It seems like their Belt and Road Initiative is taking some hits. Yeah, they have for some time. I think the hits are getting bigger. But this is what happens, though. I mean, it takes time for people to see that this stuff doesn't work. I mean, all across the continent of Africa, there are stadiums that were built and politicians that celebrated those stadiums. And they're supposed to last a generation. It turns out they last five years or so. A crack forms in the foundation. A road or a bridge is built. It's compromised. They don't get the jobs from the projects. People just have to learn from sad experience. But I think that the chickens are coming home to roost a bit on this. And China has its own problems. They have their own mega developments that are financially and physically collapsing these days. Exactly. We're talking with Stephen Yates, who also worked in the Bush White House. He was advising the former VP Dick Cheney on foreign policy issues. I want to switch gears and ask you, um, before we let you go, of course, about the president's trip, first to Israel, uh, then to Saudi Arabia. Oh, the oh, Honestly, the only thing that I see reported about his trip was gaffes. That's it. What was accomplished? Well, it was the fist bump heard around the world. Uh, so there's an over-obsession with a form of greeting, and is it too palsy and whatever else. And so congratulations yet again to the world record communications team and strategic advisory group around the president. It was a great, great decision that they made to postpone this trip so they could have an extra month to get everything right. So that you don't say that the Holocaust is an honor or a horror or, you know, fuss around about whether a, I think, not great guy should or shouldn't have been murdered. And do we need to talk about oil prices? So this was just a dog's breakfast to begin with. And all the president and his team did was make it worse. I mean, it's, and really, I think this to date is the summation of the Biden presidency. All he had to do was shut up, show up, and do nothing, and America would be sailing today. Yeah, they and it's would. only what the only thing they've added are gaffes, offenses, bungles, 
and just general weirdness. Yeah. I think the Saudis came away somewhat laughing at our leader. And, uh, you know, who's to say they're wrong? It, it, he looked so weak when he, I, I just, I saw the one, I think, I don't think it was in Jeddah. I think it's when he, he arrived in Israel and he got off the, the plane and he was standing there on the little red carpet on the tarmac. And he, first he didn't know where to go. And everyone else there, including the leaders, knew where to point him to. And then when he shuffled over there, it was bad. Everyone's talking about the gas. But you know what? I, I think that sometimes the media, even they, they help him out in certain respects by focusing on that. Uh, the the more cosmetic gaffes, you know, like the the stuff that he flubs when he's speaking, because then they would have to report on, you know, the selling of uh, millions of barrels of SPR to Beijing, essentially, yeah. and asking how much money the Bidens have been making in collusion with the communist Chinese government off of selling our oil from our strategic reserves. Yeah, I can't imagine why they don't want to face those questions. They've been so good at taking accountability. I think there's been a record number of press avails by the president so far. Just ask his team, they'll tell you. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's there were significant policy misses on this trip that matter. Uh, how to deal with Iran in its current state is a serious issue for all of our allies in that region and beyond. It was a major, major issue in dealing with our ally Israel. It was a major issue in dealing with the Saudis and the Gulf Coast uh, allies that have been a, sort of a ballast where they're stepping forward and dealing with a bit more of their security. Uh, and they are the ones that feel like they're first in line at risk from extremism and terrorism from Iran. Uh, and so to not really have a clear and reassuring message to them, how do you then go ask them for a favor if you're leaving their neighborhood in such a bad situation? But what you know, the, the air handshake to no one is symbolic of what they're doing on substance. That was painful to watch the president being asked a question in a joint press avail with a major leader, and the major leader has to remind the president, this question was for you, Mr. President, oh and he has to refer to his list, which has no connection to who's asking and what the topic is. We've never had a modern leader of the United States like this, and those might be the outward things that people want to snatch onto, but you can't expect that the deep substance is going any better. No, you can't. Oh, just a, a mess all the way around. Stephen Yates at Yatescoms on Twitter. You can go and follow him and get his insights. Stephen, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you, my friend. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Dana. Take care. Of course, you too. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's just bring you some breaking news now. Sky News understands uh, the RAF has halted flights in and out of RAF Bryson Norton because the runway has melted in this extreme weather. Now, Bryson Norton is in Oxfordshire. It's the largest RAF base in the country. And another source the has been telling Sky News melted. this afternoon that contingency plans have been implemented to ensure that there is no impact on any military operation. Wow. It's so hot in Britain, Kane, that their run rate literally melted. It's what is hot for them? Yeah, what it is now. Anything in a hundred degrees is is unseasonably hot for them. Dude, it's a hundred and four right now. I know. It's been a hundred and four like every day for the last. I can't. Tell I forgot what rain looked like. It'll be a high of like a hundred and nine this week. Is rain when the sky cries? 
Is that what it is? I don't know what rain. When's the last time we had rain? I guess the last time God was disappointed in Biden. <laughs> what? What? You're so. You're so mean. What? It's true. Um, what did you say that we're going to have rain? Did we're you say not. That? No, we're no. We're, I thought you said. Oh we my haven't, gosh. We haven't had rain in in literally weeks here in Texas, at least our part of Texas, and it's supposed to be a high of 109 this week. Um, that can stop it. It can stop. I'm looking at the weather right now. 108 today. 110 tomorrow. 108 oh, so, Wednesday. Yeah, 101 Thursday. Oh, it's going to be a cool 101. Uh, 106 again next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, there's no more rain. There's no more clouds. It's excessive heat. Your pets will burn their <laughs> piles off. I can't believe also that I have to, like, people have to be reminded, don't let your, your pets, like, burn their paws off on asphalt, okay? There's a reason why asphalt has, you know, an A and an S in it, because it's a jerk material. It's a horrible material, and it's hot. Oh, my gosh. There's no rain for forever. When it shows you your location, it, mine's all covered in red. Literally. The UV is 11 extreme. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guess what? We have a whole 7-mile-per-hour like wind. Spinal tap UV. Real feel is 107. Oh, my gosh. There's no humidity. The There's a question mark for humidity because the weather doesn't even know what it is anymore. Right. They're like, humidity? What's that? What's that? Golly. I'm having to, like, coat myself in Vaseline, basically, just to, like, not dry out like a like SpongeBob in Sandy's Dome. Good heavens. This is craziness. It's a craziness, gain. Man, it's going to... So, if, and, and poor little Steve. Steve, what's the temperature in uh, where you are in D.C.? And you have no A.C., do you? They, they have, had a snafu. They have rain and possible tornadoes coming their way. Yeah. They had... Yeah, they had a... Uh, they had some... They had a snafu, and so they ended up. He ended up losing his AC. So everybody, keep cool in Texas. It is summer, but it's just hot. We always talk about the weather like it's like never been this hot before. All right, Kane today in stupidity. All right, it's Biden's economic advisor, which may explain some of the problems with the economy. This is Brian Deese on how uh, we're in a better place than any other country sure. in the world. Uh-huh. These are not the marks of an economy in recession. Going forward, yes, it is. we need to focus on making these right choices so that we can make this transition. We can bring prices down without giving up all the economic gains that we've made. And what I can tell you is two things. One, the United States is in a better position than any other country. Oh, no, mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah, there. It, that does it. Yeah, there you go. I'll be on Jesse Waters' program tonight in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. Have a great night, folks. Back with you tomorrow. Yeah.